Hello. 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 And welcome, welcome to, to Laughbox. Laughbox, the podcast for the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor. And now, here's your host, Chip Lutz. Well, here we are, ready for another awesome episode of Laugh Box. I hope the quarantine finds you well, with plenty of toilet paper to get the job done, and plenty of food to sustain you. Me personally, I'm eating a little bit too much, and hopefully, if you got kids at home, huh, you're not at your wit's end. And if you are, today on the show, we've got solutions. You don't know how to homeschool? Don't worry about it. We brought together at ATH our top minds on how to homeschool with humor play. How to get the job done. How do you make it fun? How do you keep them interested? I tell you what, I learned a lot. Uh, Made me wish I still had kids at home. Okay, I do not wish that. Anyway, I know you're going to get a lot from the conversation, so get a pad, get get something to write with, take some notes, because these people have it going on. Hello, friends, and welcome to the podcast. This is Chip Lutz. Man, I tell you what, today is a red letter day for me because I got to talk to some pretty cool people. I grew up being educated by teachers. Today, I get to talk to some teachers. I'm pretty excited because here's the thing I mean, a lot of us right now, we got our kids at home. We're trying to figure out what to do with them, homeschooling. What is that about? I mean, when my kids were all at home Friday night, by Sunday, I was ready for them to go to school. But if they were still home, I'd be thinking, what am I going to do now? So here at ATH, we brought together a rock solid team of rock star teachers to talk about humor and homeschooling. I've got on the line, Mary Kay Morrison, ex- educator extraordinaire, extraordinaire. There we go. I got Jenna Greco. I've got Jennifer Keith. I am super excited to have you all on the show. Welcome my friends. Thank Yay. you. Thank you. Well, thank you for making the time. So, I know, like I said, like I lo- I love my kids, but I usually loved them more when they were someplace else. And uh, <laughs> so, a lot of parents right now, I mean, they're they're sitting at home, they got to homeschool their kids, or some online learning. But even then, that could be a little bit dull. So, you know, open up the conversation a little bit, uh, Mary Kay Morrison. So, for parents that are kind of stuck here, what are some things you know in your mind that would be your best advice just to start off with? Thanks, Chip. I'm really happy to be here with all of you. And I know that I've seen a lot of memes and uh, anxiety on Facebook about parents who are home. There's a lot of jokes about suspending their kids during the first day of school, those kinds of things. So um, I know there's a lot of anxiety. I guess one of the first things that I would love to share with parents is just to relax and have fun with your kids. This is an extraordinary time in your lives where you actually get to be with your kids and do some fun stuff and um, enjoy some stress-free time with them. A lot of times our lives get so busy that we want to do fun things with our kids and we just really don't have the time. So Mm. be gentle with yourself. 
and think of ways that you can play and um, have some realistic expectations about what you can really achieve uh, at home with your kids. Uh, it's going to be a few months, maybe even, and we don't know for sure, but uh, they will catch up, I promise you, with the regular schoolwork at some point. But now I think is an awesome time to actually uh, do some hands-on learning at home and just really play and have fun with them. Well, that's I, I like everything you just said there on play and have fun. However, um, I know that I'm a structure guy. Uh, I think a lot of people are structure people. Um, throwing it out, I'll just roll around over to Jennifer because I know that you know you've got a great background as well. I mean, how important is structure in the homeschooling environment? I mean, what does that look like? Well, what most of the places are trying, and what most schools are trying to say right now is it's not a six to eight hour day. You know, our kids are used to that and it's just trying to get two to three hours. So even if we wanted a structure like school, it's not going to work the same way. Um, that's to enable people who are working from home to actually work. And also just, it's too much stress for both parent and child mm -hmm. to try to figure out how we're going to weather the storm together. So really structure is important. They do need to you know, get up at a certain time. They do need to say, okay, maybe now it's time for art, something like that. But it can be more fluid than school would be. But the most important part, which kids love, is recess. And so recess looks different at home. Um, it may be, you know, to toss the basketball. Maybe a parent would park a car outside of the garage so they have that space in the garage to play around. And even our older kids, because I'm primarily high school teacher, have to think about ways that it's okay for the parents to let go of some of the um, tidiness, I guess, that it's okay to be messy as well, long as we then teach picking it up. <laughs> so. Well, so I was going to say, could recess really kind of revolve around chores? Like, hey, we're going to have fun with washing dishes. And... Recess is folding laundry. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> that would be my kind of recess. Right? Like, oh, finally, I don't have to do this stuff. Hey guys, it's fun time. Guess what we're doing? Exactly. <laughs> we're weeding the garden. Woohoo! Well, you know, it's, it's a great skill too. It is um, a great skill. Yeah, it's a whole different uh, subject material. I didn't know we we're going to learn about horticulture today, but let's try. <laughs> oh, great ideas, Jennifer. Yeah, um, yeah I like that because I know that even though they they push against it kids really do need structure i mean all of us need a little bit of structure but and i like that you brought out that it's it's not going to be like a regular school day where it's eight hours because right. you think of how much time you spend don't really you know we're in school you might be there that whole time but you're not really in the books that whole time there's some other things yeah. you can intersperse throughout there um so we'll just round robin a little bit more on uh, you know uh, so looking i'll shift rudder here a little bit and looking at um you know activities and incorporating humor and play and we'll roll over to jan a little bit on you know some of the things that um maybe resources or things you can do because like for me i'm always thinking i don't know what to do because what's fun to me isn't going to be fun to my kids mm -hmm. 
Okay, Chip. Um, first of all, thank you for having me. And it's really nice hearing your voice, by the way. I haven't heard that voice in a long time. Um, so I, I would say, you know, kind of mix, kind of have a good blend or a good balance of, you know, learning and, you know, learning can be fun, right? And um, other things that you can do just for fun, but that might incorporate learning without the children really realizing they're in the middle of learning something. So, you know, I would ask parents to just go to their school resources page, maybe on their um, website or the teacher website. I know that we offer a lot of things, Moby Max, Sundog, Raz Kids, Pebble Go, blah, 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 the list goes on. And um, we've also given parents uh, other free academic sites uh, at our school and our district. And, um, but, you know, I, I would always say to parents, please don't have your child online all day or even online for hours at a time. You know, maybe have your child online learning something academically for like a half an hour and then go to something else, get up, move, play a game. You can even actually teach your child through board games, um, especially like I teach elementary school. So games like Uno and Bingo and Dominoes and Connect Four, they do things like reinforce numbers and, you know, um, hone in on listening skills and memory skills and uh, forces, uh, like Connect Four forces kids to play out moves and shapes the critical thinking, but they're playing and they're having fun. Um, you know, also just they're, this is a time where everybody seems to be real stressed. Mm -hmm. So I also like, there's a, an app called Calm. Mm -hmm. And this app is offering free resources on like mindful meditation, which might be great for the parents. But also, <laughs> there are a bunch of videos for the children as well. So, and they have really cute little names like heartless heavy and worry and deep sleep and fear and stuff like that you just pick on what you're feeling i would definitely give my kids the deep sleep one yeah <laughs> yeah so you know just kind of mixing it up i guess and not like you said jennifer and and chip and mary Kay, not taking life so seriously at this point you know learning but having that flexibility even though we're trying to keep a daily schedule but you know things happen that's so funny. I, I was thinking uh, when you were talking, especially for, you know, K through five, my granddaughter was over the other day and I was trying to get her to just have fun, but she had some workbooks and she was just like, she was tearing through them. Like and she, and this is what she said. She's like, well, when we go back to school, um, I'm not going to take a toy for show and tell. I'm going to take these books because everybody's going to know what I did. And I was <laughs> like, who the hell are you child? You're not, you know, you're not related to me. I mean, uh, she was just like so, so serious about her stuff. But I think that, uh, you know, and I'll throw this out to anybody who wants to answer. I think for, you know, somebody, you know, maybe your middle schoolers and your high schoolers, there might be that stress of, you know, I'm going to be falling behind. I'm on a certain track. You know, I've got these things that I'm going to be missing out on. I'm not going to be learning what I should be learning. You know, how do you, how do we deal with, you know, what are some activity, you know, I would say play activities, humor activities that we can do to kind of like, you know, alleviate that. I mean, obviously as parents, you say, it's all going to be okay. And kids don't realize till they're in the twenties that their parents actually know something. Um, <laughs> so you know, how do you alleviate some of that? Well, well I, I'll go ahead. Um, Jennifer's the expert on middle school and high school, but I did talk to my daughter who teaches seventh grade science this week. And uh, she She's been doing some at-home activities with her own kids that are that age. And 
one really fun thing she did uh, was have um, her daughter uh, create a cell structure using uh, brownies. She baked brownies and then she created the way the cell looks on top of it and identified all of the parts and then they were going to have that for dinner that night. So um, I also love the idea that Jana brought up uh, about uh, board games and, and games can teach a ton of things. Um, several of our uh, affiliates uh, in the toy industry have aligned games with learning standards. And uh, so a lot of the games that are used today are actually fun and the kids don't realize that they're actually learning a whole lot. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, there's a lot of fun board games and those kinds of things that can be done. And back to the uh, chores, um, when we're cooking and doing carpentry and those kinds of things, there's a lot of math skills involved. And I think, um, I think I'd like Jennifer's ideas on middle school and high school too, because she's uh, um, not only got kids at home, but she's been a teacher uh, for many, many years in that area. So go Jennifer. You got your kids at home too, Jennifer? That, that's going to yeah. be like double trouble where like you got to worry about the kids that you're not teaching. It's either you're having to worry about them and then you got your own kids. So how are you coping? I mean, can you teach with vodka? <laughs> well, I don't drink, but I've thought about starting. And so I've thought about it, um, but I'm, I'm still waiting for the liquor stores to deliver, I guess. Um, but some things that, so I have a fourth grader and I have a ninth grader. So my ninth grader who is just into high school and so excited about the friends, like she's not upset that the schoolwork isn't, that she, she's my introvert. So she's not so, you know, so upset that she's not going to school necessarily. Mm -hmm. She's already like, I won't have this spring experience. And she just finished Scholastic Bowl and I had to cut the season short. And so mm -hmm. things like that definitely. Um, were affecting in our home because I also have a basketballer that didn't get to finish her season and I'm on the school board. Um, and so our school was going to sectionals and then they canceled everything for, you know, forever. The season's mm -hmm. done. And that there's a, there's loss. There's, there's some grieving to be allowed. And then, so I was really focusing more that first week for high school and my, my middle school of her at home and away was just on the emotional. Mm -hmm. Just looking at, okay, you know, the resilient skills that um, I've already known are lacking in the high school um, group of, of students over the 20 years I taught. And it's just, okay, what can we do to make sure we're still staying well? And a lot of that was related to humor. All right. Mm -hmm. This is not a funny situation, but where can we see some funny things? And where can we create? And that's the biggest part for us as we're makers. So I said, um, our craft store nearby is doing curbside pickup. So I said to my girls, pick something that you want. Find something within this price range. Because I know my girls would be like, oh, I'll take the world. Exactly. But here, find something <laughs> in this price range. And so my extrovert that's really creative that doesn't need to have everything in a box. She wants just the markers and the crayons and the, and that stuff. My ninth grader is very much like follows the direction specifically on the Lego <laughs> kind of thing. She ha it has to be exactly. So she wanted a kit to kind of put together. So she's doing a paint by number kind of kit. Mm -hmm. So 
but I, but I knew both of them needed such different things that it was like, okay, find something for you. That's going to work for you. I needed something different too. So I'm a foodie. So I taught one of them here, we'll make dinner tonight. And so incorporating them and yes, like Mary Kay said, the science and the measuring and, and that kind of thing is, is kind of sneaky ways to get learning in. But like you said, Chip, you were working like the things that you would choose would be different from your kids. Same thing. So it's finding those ways to know what my skills are. Because even though I'm a teacher, I didn't really, um, I picked high school <laughs> to teach. So I've got a fourth grader that I don't ever want to have to teach her class. So <laughs> <laughs> that's just not my, my area. So to have them home at the end of spring break, I'm always like, yay, school's starting. So now we're in like a potentially months long situation and you're trapped with your, your people that hopefully you picked well <laughs> and you're, you're picked with good ones, but it's just remembering that they're going to have different creativities than you. So allowing them to express those so that they get those needs met for themselves. So I like have a chopped game because we're getting low on rations here too and saying, okay, here are the things we have in the pantry. What can we make from this? and seeing what kind of creativity comes out. And some of them may not be edible, but. <laughs> I love that, Jennifer, that was great. <laughs> at least the experience of trying, or here's the meal, how can you plate it differently? Because you know a lot of these food shows plate things so, yep. so great. So how could you plate it? And not necessarily competition, but just like, just using your skills to, to benefit you know that's to be so funny if it was a competition and you told your program, uh, <laughs> you're, you're off the show you're you can fight them and kick them off the island sure. you're off the show yeah no more for you <laughs> that would be hilarious but what an interesting thing you know because i do i mean I, I i'm a foodie as well i like to cook so it's always fun to like see what random things i can put together to make a, a meal but i never thought about doing that you know as a learning activity with the um, you know with with my you know my kids you know what can we put together here and then thinking about those different things that we could incorporate whether it was you know uh, math wise measuring or you know if I guess if it was a certain type of food you could look at the history aspect of it make it a more of an integrated learning in a uh, event sure. or make a commercial <laughs> commercial for it <laughs> try to sell it <laughs> yeah well I would think that might be I would think that would be a fun thing as well too as far as like if you had something you were doing like that where maybe you videoed it and it would be something that they might want to share with their friends. Obviously my kids never want me to put anything on social media unless they approve it. Right. If they're, they're on social media all the time. And so I'm looking at my teenager and she's in her room making TikTok videos. So it's not that she's not creating. She just doesn't want my help. Uh -huh. that, that's okay. But I'm because I made my own TikTok. So now we're competing. No. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> now let me throw this out as far as like, look at the integration. And I mean, like we grew all grew up in the standard school model where everything's very segmented. It's math time, it's science time, it's history time. I would think there would be some benefit in, I guess, if you're looking at having some fun, some play on looking at how we could integrate things into like, uh, building block models on where things kind of go together. I, I, what are some of your experiences on making something like that fun or some things that parents could do? I'm throwing that out to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
I, I love the idea of learning through play as a, um, many people know that play is uh, the best way to put information into the long-term memory. So uh, when people are engaged uh, in laughter and fun, they're much more likely to learn and teachers are integrating these kinds of things all the times in their classroom. Uh, so learning through play is actually an amazing way to um, experience your kids in a different way. I had a friend who told me that when we play games together, it kind of takes away the authoritarian nature of the parent. And she found that their ch her children were much more likely to confide in her after they played together mm -hmm. um, or talk about what was bothering them. And it's also a stress relief. This is a time when kids are feeling very stressed, parents are stressed, and uh, there's a lot of fear and anxiety out there. So I think really, uh, Jennifer, I think mentioned this as well as Jana, is really attending to mental health needs uh, of your kids right now, being aware of, uh, of their needs throughout the day. And Chip, you're absolutely right. They do need some structure. So, uh, you know, finding time every day, maybe a certain time that they actually do actual work um, and having time to be outdoors, having an hour of reading, um, but do set up some sort of a schedule and have them give input on how that would look for them. But mm -hmm. uh, the whole idea that as a species, we spend more time in play than any other species and we are the, have the highest level of intelligence. So play is really a great way for us to increase our uh, knowledge and um, ability and a lot of outside play, letting kids make up their own games and their own creativity. Uh, and as Jennifer said, being aware of, of the differences in your children if you have different kids at home. But the idea of, of um, you know, searching for different ways and be sure to include a lot of art and music. Um, one of my friends is doing stone painting with her her children while they're home and they're going to put those around the neighborhood. So when neighbors are walking the, in the neighborhood, they might find a stone that was created or a, uh, a rock that was created and painted on. Um, some families are putting hearts in their windows and having the kids create art with messages for neighbors as they walk by. So a lot of ways to engage the neighborhood mm -hmm. uh, in activities that kids can do to kind of connect with people in a way that makes sure that the distance is, is still there, but that um, they are able to reach out and share some um, love with the neighborhood. Uh, one other quick idea is um, a lot of grandparents are missing their grandchildren and having pen pals and online video chats and so forth with grandparents and letting grandparents come up with some ideas and some fun activities for the kids is also something that I think is um, valuable for both generations. So that's a, uh, an interesting thing you bring up there that you, with technology, um, you're not really, you know, in it alone. That if you have grandparents, they like said that are missing, that certainly, you know, via Zoom or, you know, whatever, uh, uh, you, you could connect with them you know, share a story with them, share something, you know, some kind of, you know, add that into the mix, I would think. Yeah, I, 
it's uh, important for both generations. And I think that uh, um, grandparents can also be that calming influence, um, which I know you are with your grandkids too, Chipper. So. <laughs> oh, no, I don't calm them down. I pump them full of sugar and send them home. <laughs> Problem. You're the problem. You asked my, ask my granddaughter, she's like, she says, she told her mom last week, she goes, Papa's the donut king. I'm like, yes, I am. I am the donut king. Because whenever I show up, we're, we're snack buddies for life. For some I, reason, I knew that, Chip. Yep, I am the donut king. So let's, uh, I'm going to pop over you, Jana, and because I think that Mary Kay brought up a really good point on, like older kids, they might understand, you know, what's going on and the stress might level be a little bit higher. But for younger kids, you know, I, I don't think they conceptually, they really understand what's going on. They only really understand they're not in school. And so, you know, uh, there could be the confusion on their point, uh, on their part, as well as for parents, since they are a little more stressed um, and they don't have the skills to teach, uh, they uh, might just revert to uh, being their own parent where they're just like, you're going to do this, you know, and it's not going to be conducive to good learning. Uh, how do you get kids to kind of like, you know, younger kids to kind of like focus when they're not in a structured environment like that? Um, and parents uh, who aren't teachers, uh, how do you get them to get in teacher mode, if that makes sense? Well, um, and going back to something that Mary Kay was just talking about, I can tell you that I, I teach the little peanuts. And what I'm hearing from them is that they're missing their classmates, right? So um, our district is using Microsoft Teams. We've been doing that to, to teach them and to communicate with our kids. But what's really cool about that is that um, once you have your classroom set up, the children can actually get on and they can call each other and they can see each other. Mm -hmm. And this has been something that they have just taken off with. Honestly, they like it more than learning now. I'm a little worried. <laughs> but. Um, so um, it is stressful for the little kids. And, you know, just like Mary Kay always says, make it fun. Even in school, when I'm teaching, I make it fun. And the day goes fast, you know. And um, so you were even talking about, um, Chip, how to go kind of cross curriculum with some things. I mean, you can use Legos and, and build and you can link science to math that way you can write about what you build you know there's there's definitely ways to work smarter <laughs> and maybe not put in quite as many hours as as you would otherwise mm -hmm. but um you know there are ways to just joke with kids and, and that is commensurate with how old they are too what their age the jokes for little kids would be much different than the jokes that jennifer would use with her kids you know the kidding around um but I, I just think if you have it set up that you have fun and you are teaching with that kind of, you know, um, attitude that the kids will just eat that all up. So I hear you saying is that, you know, your attitude and how you approach it is really the most important, uh, most important thing when you're entering into any kind of learning environment. Right. And, and there's, I mean, sometimes you can use psychology. Like I, I had my nieces over the other day and Chip, I'm going to level with you. I'm a little bit anal retentive at home. I, uh, I live by myself and my house is spotless. <laughs> and so my little nieces came over 
And uh, before I knew it, there were toys all over the place, bedrooms, kitchen, living room, you know, everywhere. And so I just took that moment that I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And just turned it into, hey, hey, Katie, Kylie, how many toys are there in this house all over the floor, do you think? Let, let's make a good guess. And that's, you know, kind of practicing estimation. And uh, then I talked to them about making a good guess and a smart guess and blah, blah, blah. And they did. Okay, now let's, let's pick them up and count them so we know for sure. <laughs> you know, just stupid <laughs> things like that. That's a Jedi mind trick right there. Right. So, awesome. That sounds like something my ex-wife used to do me all the, do to me all the time. Those Jedi mind tricks. <laughs> you know, so that's uh, that's that's a that's a good, that, but that's a really easy application on you know uh, getting what you, you know, I don't say getting what you want, but you know using uh, your estimation skills, math, but you know make it a little more fun as well, and learning you know get yourself to relax. Like I thought you were going to say you made him do the uh, the uh, the deep sleep meditation at that time. <laughs> Because <laughs> that's what I would have done. Hey, I got this great app. Let's do this right now. It's gonna be so much fun. Yeah. If that didn't work, I would have given some Benadryl. Um, <laughs> Can't drug them every day. Can't drug them every day. Um, so let's uh, just you know talk a little bit more about you know play and humor and some other uh, applications you've seen. I mean, we've heard some really good. Um, suggestions so far, but what are some, uh, maybe some resources or some other things that any one of you have, like, you know, you've seen, you know, people using or doing, because I really, I just think about myself, you know, I've obviously, um, I've worked in adult education. I know all about that, but I couldn't imagine, you know, like when my grandkids are over for the day, it's like trying to get them focus or, um, and middle schoolers don't even get me started on that. I didn't even like my own kids when they were middle schoolers. So, um, <laughs> I couldn't imagine being stuck in a house with him for weeks on end. Um, wow. That'd be a little slice of hell. I'd want to get coronavirus. Oh. <laughs> I think the structure is great. And then I also think like Mary Kay had said that there's when they have ownership. So if they get to say, so if you have that structure and at 10 AM, they get 30 minutes of, they get to do whatever they want mm -hmm. or, they get to choose the activity that the whole, because many families that I know have kids from first to, you know, 12th grade. So they've got several different grades that they're trying to, and you can't get the whole family to agree. So maybe the youngest gets to choose first and everybody has to do that activity. Um, so for like, you know, Candyland, when they're first learning, they may not even get the rules. Mm. So we find it because it's a 9,000th time of playing Monopoly that we're getting bored with that. So, okay, at each turn, if you roll doubles, you get to make a new rule. That's oh. not, you know, and so just being a little bit, and who knows what they'll come up with, right. but maybe it only works until the next person rolls a double or whatever's fun in that. And then you find like, if it's spin around four times, every time you get a six or whatever is the crazy thing they come up with, if it has a, an ending point too, like the next, it only works until the next person rolls a double. Then they get to decide the rule or whatever is that little tricky thing that they can. So then it's silly because they, because of course, if they're going to torture their siblings with whatever <laughs> they come up with. Um, and so that's kind of a way that even your older kids will play nicer with the younger kids, I guess, mm -hmm. on that. Um, but I also find that there's really great online resources. So what's happened with this crisis is everyone's jumped online to provide wonderful things for free. 
So yeah. you've got authors who are reading their books or allowing them to be on Audible for free, or you've got um, artists that are going on and showing you how they, you know, from a Bob Ross illustration of this is how you do my, my painting to, um, I'm trying to think of his last name, but Mo, he does the elephant and piggy books for the little kids. I think it's Williams or something like that. He's doing a lunchtime with Mo, so he's illustrating. And so from a variety, you know, you've got Broadway stars who are doing live lunches and things like that. So what's really come out of this, I think that's awesome, is that all these people are trying really quickly to create content mm -hmm. that then can be shared. So maybe an activity would be, hey, what could you create? What could you teach that you know how to do? Mm -hmm. Similar to like we talked about making a commercial for whatever they made from Chopped. Good luck. But just to say, hey, what, what could you teach? Then you're talking public speaking skills. You're talking, can you look at the camera and give that eye contact, which is so important that our, our 2020 kids maybe aren't getting a, great, a lot of. So some really just neat ideas around that. But there's great online resources um, just for whatever you want. And I would think in you know, like in coupling a few things that you said there together that if you do have a span of ages in the house that um, asking your older kids, hey, you know, how do you want to get involved in teaching your younger, you know, brother or sister this or, you know, you know, that might, I would, would that I would think that might be a value where they're having to do a little more research because you know as well as I do that the more you research, when you teach, you really have to research things and you know it better than um, you would have learned it in class anyway. Um, so uh, maybe incorporating them into that model, you know, uh, uh, finding the resources and sharing it or asking them what they could teach their younger brother, younger sister, uh, might take a little bit of pressure off the, um, the parent as well. Absolutely. And I think a lot of mistakes are made because parents think they have to know everything. Right. And you don't. Absolutely. You don't. And that's a, that's a mistake parents make. It's a mistake teachers make when they go on and like, I have to be the sage on stage. No, you, you don't have to know everything. And it's okay to say, you know what? We don't know that. Let's look it up. Let's see what we can do. Where will we go find that information? And you're teaching that skill of what they'll do when something happens along the way that they don't have an answer for. So I think that's also great to say, give yourself some mercy, some grace and say, I don't have awesome. to know the answers. <laughs> and awesome. it's okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Grace goes a long way, a long way. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, any other suggestions from you, Mary Kay on, uh, cause I, I like the whole play aspects. Um, and you've done the whole gamut of, um, different age children, your own, you know, and you do some amazing things with your grandchildren as well. But um, what are some, you know, other things that uh, like uh, strategies you would use on um, uh, incorporating learning activities that you've done or you, other people have done? Wow. Uh, there are, I agree with Jennifer, there is so much online right now. And so one of the things that I've been doing as a grandparent and um, uh, is to send my grandchildren activities that they can find online or activities that they can do. Uh, mm -hmm. There's some doodle things and picture making and those kinds of things. The other thing that I really, we haven't touched on a whole lot. We've touched on a little on the importance of art and music and outdoor activities are 
really critically important. And it's a great way to learn about nature, to go on a, um, with younger kids, um, do a scavenger hunt in your yard, finding something that starts with every letter, every letter of the alphabet. Oh, wow, that's fun. So, yep, but X and Q are really hard to find. So what I've done is um, actually made the letter out of stones or um, drew a Q in the dirt <laughs> so they could find that. But, uh, you know, um, and give them a bag and they have to put everything in or they can check it off. Uh, flashlight tag at night is really fun. Um, or a flashlight scavenger hunt at night mm -hmm. uh, is is fun. Bonfires, um, all kinds of things that you can do outside with kids. Of course, um, if you have more than one child, you might uh, do some game activities outside. When I think we may be um, quarantined for a while, so uh, when the weather gets nicer, um, we've done things like um, blow up water balloons and measure the distance between and see how far they can go before the balloon crashes and see who can toss it the furthest. Those kinds of things are always fun. Um, mm -hmm. uh, our family can be quite competitive sometimes, so it's, um, you know, and you know your own kids, you don't want um, them to, the older kids nor normally will be a little better at things, but I like Jennifer's idea of having the older kids maybe help plan things for the younger children mm -hmm. uh, and uh, play, change the games around a little bit so it's equal for everybody. But I think playing games, being outside, uh, exploring different ways to do art, uh, there's just so many fun things that can be done um, with um, activities that schools actually don't have a lot of time to do. Mm -hmm. I just want to make one other quick observation. I've been talking to quite a few teachers, uh, and it seems, and Jennifer and Jamma, you might want to um, comment on this as well, but every district seems to be doing things differently as far as what they're asking their teachers to provide uh, in, in the way of um, resources. So uh, it's something that teachers haven't really had to do or districts have had to do before. So we're all kind of in this together that it's uncharted territory. So, uh, you know, try to follow what your district is recommending, but at the same time know that uh, there are major differences across different districts as to what's expected and what um, people are able to provide. Right. Right, right. And that's good advice. Uh, that way they're kind of staying in line with what the expectation is. And, you know, I'm going to actually, because my grandkids are coming over tomorrow, so I'm going to use the outdoor activity, but I'm going to couple it with Jana's idea on estimating and counting. So I'm going to ask my grandkids, like, how many piles of dog poop do you think are in the yard? <laughs> and then I was like, well, let's go through and, you know, you can, we can clean them up and you can count them. That would be a lot of fun. That is really bad, Chip. <laughs> no, I mean, after the, you know, it was after it snows. It's just, you know, oh. yeah. Oh. So anyway, um, <laughs> um, uh, we'll go over to you, Jana, on some other ideas that uh, you've seen. Because uh, I know that, you know, especially with younger kids, it can be a little difficult. Any other, you know, uh, things you've been thinking about as we've been talking that uh, would be great for parents to uh, implement in the homeschooling efforts? 
Yeah, just just breaking up the school part of it, you know, the academic part of it, and maybe having some online academics, but then some offline academics, and breaking it up with movement and play and things that are fun, um, you know, piggybacking on what Mary Kay was talking about. Um, we do this thing where we've got real eggs that are not hard boiled or anything. And you put them on a spoon and you walk, okay, see if you can walk from here to here, this line to this line with your egg, see how fast you can walk. Oh, you can do that? Can you hop? Oh, really? You can do that and your egg stays on the spoon? Can you hop on one foot, you know? And sooner or later, you kind of push them to where they're not keeping their eggs on the spoon and it becomes a lot of fun. And just kind of filtering the learning in with things like that. I know even at the primary level, sidewalk chalk is really big outside. Um, just kind of flexible learning, you know, mm -hmm. nothing too rigid about anything. And most of the schools, even though districts do things differently, so do schools within districts do things differently even. And um, so most have a lot of good academic um, online sites and everything but there are virtual field trips that you can take even if the weather's bad outside i know smithsonian oh, I like yeah. Tour is one of them um you can take one through google earth national parks field trips san diego zoos are really great one um and then there's a lot of like let's get moving even inside that you can do with the little kids like gonoodle.com has a, a lot of movement um there's cosmic kids yoga which is available on Amazon Prime and YouTube, things like that to filter in with the learning because especially the little kids, the primary age kids, they, you need to keep them moving. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, hey, all really good, uh, great advice from, you know, um, each one of you and like a lot of key takeaways from me as far as thinking about if my kids were still at home, you know, how I would go about it. I certainly would have some things that were tangible now that I didn't have before we started our conversation. Uh, so I really appreciate uh, the wealth of experience and knowledge that you guys brought to this conversation because I got a lot from it. I mean, almost makes me wish I had kids at home. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I'm just lying. Um, but um, any other last piece of advice you have for anybody out there that's, you know, looking at uh, their, their past the initial week at home, uh, struggling, um, that uh, you would like to impart any pieces of wisdom? One idea that I've had is um, making reading uh, more engaging. Um, a lot of times it's fun to change the location of where they, they would read. Uh, build a, Have a tent inside of your living room, put a, a, a big blanket over a table, throw some pillows underneath and let them read in their own tent. Mm. Um, uh, a lot of times when I'm doing spelling, uh, I give kids a flashlight and let them um, try to spell the word on the ceiling using the flashlight. Oh, cool. Uh, just, you know, being creative with um, changing it up, uh, you know, the normal everyday activities, you know, that uh, just trying to, trying to find different ways to um, do things that are really fun. I think, and, and don't be too hard on yourself as a parent. Um, even after a certain amount of time, parents are stressed and don't expect perfection from yourself as far as 
keeping it together. We yeah, all lose yeah. it once in a while. And uh, <laughs> uh, so, you know, just be kind to yourself, parents. <laughs> I think that's the key takeaway that I would, I would share. All right. Anybody else? Along that same line for me is I have to remember to be kind to my kid. Um, my older kid doesn't have a lot of schoolwork right now because they have Act of God days, so they don't have anything. But starting next week, she's going to have stuff. But my younger one does, and she gets so stressed about everything that she has to do that I have just said, okay, school's canceled for today because she's <laughs> more stressed than I am about it. Uh -huh. I know her emotional just needs to be canceled. And then I have to chunk it up in smaller bits for her. I have to say, okay, we're going to just do this one worksheet and then we're going to take a break. So Excellent. those brain breaks and those kinds of things. And just knowing, you know, your kids. And so, and you're probably going to know them a lot more intimately than you. <laughs> um, because even on a spring break, <laughs> you usually go outside or go do something or, you know, go visit people and you don't have that privileges right now. Um, so you're going to know them really well, which is going to, and like great siblings, they can push the right buttons. And so kids, so it's, it's, yeah, it's knowing that, okay, I see a meltdown coming. Mm-hmm. So what is more important? It's picking the battles. It's deciding, you know what? She's still going to be in the next grade next year. We're still, <laughs> because all the kids are on the same level. They're, you know, so they're all panicking about where they're going to be next year. Every teacher is going to start off the new school year with, okay, well, <laughs> let's talk about what happened last year mm -hmm. and let's get you back, you know, and so they're all going to do that every grade. And right. so that's, that's, I guess the privilege is that they're all going to be on the same playing field. It's not like one kid missed a whole bunch of school. That is every a great kid. perspective. So it's looking at that going, okay, yeah, but you're not going to be any further ahead or behind any other kid. Mm -hmm. So it's just, you know, giving them permission to be graceful to themselves too. So while we're, we're saying, I'm going to be kind to me, I also have to remember to be kind and help the, the kids learn to be kind to themselves too. Awesome. We're all going to get through it. Um, yeah, we're all going to get through it. It's just each person is going to handle it a little differently and being okay with that is the biggest takeaway for me. That's a great perspective. That is awesome. Uh, Jana, any last uh, bits of wisdom from you? Yeah, just um, protect your own immune system. <laughs> this is the time to do it. And uh, you can do that through acting silly or, you know, watching something funny on TV or exercising or any of these mindful practices and deep breathing exercises and things like that. Because what you want to do in, in this time is engage your parasympathetic nervous system, excuse me, and um, it, doing it in those ways, it's perfect because these things, humor and mindfulness and deep breathing and exercise, they help cue your nervous system that everything is okay. And then that'll help lower your blood pressure, lower your heart rate. And ultimately, I think during times like this, adults try to achieve equanimity as, as well as we can. So just remember that it's okay to make mistakes it's okay. It means you're doing something. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with me, you know, taking time out of your schedule with everything you guys got going on as educators to, to share your experience and your wisdom uh, with, uh, with the audience that listens um, and uh, stay safe out there. 
Thank you so much, Chip. Thanks, Chip. Thanks, Chip. Well, there you go. Hopefully you got as much from that conversation as I did. Um, those three people blew me away and they're just a smattering of the great minds we have in this association. I'm going to put their contact information in the show notes. So if you want to reach out, get some more tips, reach out to them. I tell you what, um, they have got more to share. I encourage you to go to our website, aath.org. Uh, we are an organization that wants to help you through this. So you got questions, you got comments, you want something you want to hear on the show, reach out. You can always get me at Chip and Unconventional Leader. So until next time, this is Chip Lutz saying, we'll keep the laugh on for you. Thanks for listening to Laugh Box. If you'd like to learn more about AATH, visit our website at www.aath.org or email the host at chip at unconventionalleader.com. And if you'd like to be particularly awesome, leave us a review on iTunes. And or tell your friends about how awesome the podcast is. Unless you didn't think it was awesome. And then just keep it your little secret. Or tell them it was awesome and then laugh to yourself about how you're going to be wasting an hour of their time while you're out doing something productive like handing out heads of cabbage at a Miley Cyrus concert. (laughs) Thanks again for listening. And may the farce be with you.